booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The White House goes into spin mode, walking back President Biden's statement in Tokyo that the U.S. will respond militarily should China invade Taiwan. A top Russian diplomat resigns over what he says is warmongering lies and hatred over Russia's war in Ukraine. A leading advisor to the World Health Organization blames the monkeypox outbreak on risky sexual behavior among gay and bisexual men at two recent mass rave events in Europe. President Biden gloats over record high gas prices, calling it part of a transition. Police have identified the shooter in Sunday's unprovoked killing aboard a Q train as a suspected gang member with 11 prior arrests. Here's your top five at five, a blockbuster statement from President Joe Biden in Tokyo. He said the U.S. military would intervene to defend Taiwan should it be attacked by communist China. A reporter asked Biden about the U.S. position during a press event in Tokyo. President Biden said the U.S. military would intervene to defend Taiwan in any attack from China. Biden was asked a question during a press briefing Monday in Tokyo. We agree with a one-China policy. We signed on to it and all the attendant agreements made from there. But the idea that that it could be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not is just not appropriate. It will dislocate the entire region and be another action similar to what happened in in uh, in Ukraine. Biden's position breaks from the longstanding U.S. position of vague strategic ambiguity. The comments later walked back by the White House. And earlier in the briefing, Biden had said that U.S. policy towards Taiwan has not changed at all. China has said it will not compromise on defending its national interests over Taiwan in a rebuke of Biden's statement. China has repeatedly said Taiwan is part of its territory, despite the two being governed separately since 1949. A top Russian diplomat has resigned over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In his resignation posted to LinkedIn and Facebook, Boris Bondarev said he's never been so ashamed of his country. The counselor at the permanent mission of the Russian Federation to the U.N. said he left the civil service Monday. He cited the aggressive war unleashed by President Vladimir Putin against Ukraine and the warmongering lies and hatred coming from the country's foreign ministry. Despite Putin's remarks, backlash has become even more public in Russia. Listen to concertgoers in Russia chanting F the war. Antoly Shubis, Putin's special representative on sustainable development, resigned and left Russia back in March as well, but did not publicly comment on his reasons for departing. Russian officials have yet to comment on the new case, but critics of the war can face punishment under laws that make it a crime to spread false information about the Russian military, including by calling the war a war rather than a special operation, Putin's preferred term. A leading advisor to the World Health Organization is weighing in on the monkeypox outbreak in a dozen countries now, including the United States. Dr. Dave Heyman says the outbreak in developed countries is a random event that might be explained by risky sexual behavior following two recent mass events in Europe. 
In an interview with the Associated Press, Dr. Heyman, who said the leading theory to explain the spread of the disease was sexual transmission among gay and bisexual men, following two raves events held in Spain and Belgium. Here's Dr. Heyman on the BBC. This is a disease which does not spread easily by the respiratory route, by breathing or coughing, but it does occur by close contact with the sores that are created by this disease because they're open, they're weeping, they're they're bloody, and they contain the virus, which is transmitted from one to another by close contact. Monkeypox has not previously triggered widespread outbreaks beyond Africa, where it is endemic in animals. To date, the World Health Organization has recorded more than 90 cases of monkeypox in a dozen countries, including Britain, Spain, Israel, France, Switzerland, the United States, and Australia. There's a case in New York City that's been confirmed by city officials and is awaiting CDC confirmation, and in Boston, Also, a case in Florida is awaiting confirmation. President Joe Biden celebrated record high gas prices Monday. The president gushed that the pump pain was part of an incredible transition of the U.S. economy away from fossil fuels. When it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place, that God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. The president then insisted that his administration's actions, rather than increasing the price of gas, had actually been able to keep it from getting worse, and it's bad. Biden's comment says the average cost of a gallon of gas nationwide is $4.59 per gallon, Several states are seeing an average cost of more than five bucks. California's average cost sits at just above six bucks, according to AAA. Police have now identified a suspected gang member as the shooter in Sunday's random fatal shooting aboard a Manhattan-bound Q train as it crossed the Manhattan Bridge into the city. The NYPD says a suspect identified as Andrew Abdullah. He's wanted for the unprovoked murder of Goldman Sachs employee Daniel Enriquez of Brooklyn. Cops say Abdullah has 11 prior arrests. Enriquez's sister, Griselda Ville, told NBC New York the city is not safe. How do you... How do you fathom something like this happening to a regular person? And I don't want my brother to be a statistic. I don't want him to be a number. That's what I keep telling my family. The shooter was last seen on surveillance exiting the Canal Street station. The alleged murder weapon has been recovered. After Abdullah randomly handed the gun to a homeless man, photos of the suspect are up on our website, wabcradio.com. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly cloudy today, our high 65, light winds to 11 miles per hour, the overnight low 58, partly sunny skies tomorrow with a high of 68, right now 60 cloudy skies here on the Big Apple. The latest revelations from former Clinton presidential campaign lawyer Michael Sussman's trial down in Washington, D.C. on a charge he lied to the FBI. FBI agents probing sensed debunked claims of a secret back channel between Donald Trump and a Russian bank believed that the allegations had originated with the Department of Justice. Instead, the trials revealed they came from Sussman, who shopped them to the bureau's then general counsel days earlier. Special counsel John Durham's prosecutors revealed that investigators had received an electronic communication citing a referral from the DOJ on or about September 19th, 2016. That's the same day Sussman met with James Baker, then the FBI's top lawyer. 
Whitaker's former acting U.S. Attorney General Matt Whitaker on Fox Business. This is just beginning, and there are other people who need to uh, pay for this false narrative that was you know, really for four years dogged the administration. The document was circulated to several top FBI officials, including Peter Strzok, who oversaw the probe of Clinton's email server, as well as the Trump-Russia investigation. He was famously fired from the bureau in 2018 after the emergence of text messages he sent to his colleague and mistress Lisa Page, in which he vowed to help stop Trump from winning the White House. If convicted, Sussman faces five years in prison. Most Republicans told a new poll they want the GOP to impeach President Joe Biden if Republicans take control of Congress in the 2022 midterms. According to a new UMass Amherst poll conducted by YouGov, a full 68 percent of Republicans want Biden impeached by a Republican-controlled Congress. Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe on Fox Business cited the border crisis in particular as a reason to impeach the president. Mayorkas and Biden are deliberately and intentionally violating federal law on our border. They are doing it every single day, and they're doing nothing to stop it. And in fact, they're encouraging the behavior. They're transporting illegal immigrants all across this country in violation of the laws that Congress put in place. They impeached Trump over a phone call to the Ukrainian president. And these uh, leaders, Biden and Mayorkas, are violating federal law intentionally on the border. A roughly equal percentage of Americans, 66 percent, said they do not believe that President Biden should be impeached if Republicans retake the majority in November, likely because Biden has not been accused of any crimes. The poll also found high levels of excitement for voting in the midterms with slightly higher scores for Republican voters and Democrats. Former White House counselor Kellyanne Conway reportedly criticized former President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, in her new book, calling him shrewd and calculating. Conway also said Kushner had an unchecked sense of power. Conway's book is Here's the Deal. The Hill reports she referred to Kushner as a man of knowing nods, quizzical looks, and sidebar inquiries. Conway in the past has defended Trump and his supporters, and here she is on Real Time with Bill Maher in January of 2021. The Trump people are constantly mocked, and they felt like they had in Donald Trump somebody who was giving them more voice and visibility, and If you can match that with policy gains where you do have deregulation and taxes lowered for people where it matters, other people will be just fine. During his time as a presidential advisor, Kushner took on policy challenges, including negotiating peace in the Middle East, solving the opioid crisis and confronting the emerging COVID-19 pandemic. There was no subject he considered beyond his expertise, Conway reportedly writes, saying that if Martians attacked, he would have happily added them to his ever-bulging portfolio. The Hill reached out to former President Trump for comment. Georgia's gubernatorial hopeful Stacey Abrams may have shot herself in the foot, so to speak. She said that Georgia is the worst state in the country to live in. Ahead of today's primary in Georgia, Republicans will likely pounce on that comment in Georgia's gubernatorial campaign. When you're number 48 for mental health, when you're number one for maternal mortality, when you have an incarceration rate that's on the rise and wages that are on the decline, then you're not the number one place to do to live in the United States. But we can get there, Gwinnett. Republican Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia, who narrowly defeated Abrams in the 2018 gubernatorial election, will likely face off with the Democrat this November. Kemp responded to Abrams' comments on Fox News. And I've told people on our hardworking Georgians bus tour, 
I get up every morning. I am just so thankful I'm the governor of this state and serving these great, resilient people and that we live in the greatest state in the country to live, work, and raise our families. Uh, it's disappointing she doesn't think that, but I love it. Kemp has a large lead over GOP challenger former Senator David Perdue in today's primary, according to the most recent polls. Abrams acknowledged over the weekend that her statement would be politicized and further explained that her state has lots of room for improvement on issues like mental health and incarceration. Ukraine's top military official, Kirillo Budunov, has revealed Russian President Vladimir Putin survived an assassination attempt launched not long after he invaded Ukraine back on February 24th. According to a Ukrainian newspaper, Pravada, there was an attempt to assassinate Putin back in March. Budunov did not provide evidence, though, to support his latest claim. A week ago, he claimed that Putin's health is also on the decline and suggested that a Kremlin coup is underway, that it's impossible to stop. In that interview with Sky News, he said he expected a change in leadership by the end of this year. Here's Budunov back in April. Nobody should be afraid of the Russian military machine, which was popularized in TikTok and in other social media. Yes, they have a lot of forces, and that's probably their only strong point. But this is not a force that they would like to show off. On Wednesday, former M-16 chief Robert Dearlove said Putin would be out of power by 2023 and be committed to a sanatorium. 77 WABC time check, 515. Luke Legrano in for Justin Ellick with sports. Good morning, Deb. Hi, everyone. Luke Legrano here with your early news sports update. It's looking better and better as the days go on for the New York Mets. They were in San Francisco last night to play the Giants, and with the starting rotation stricken by injury, the offense has come alive to help the Amazing stay on top of the NL East. Jeff McNeil has been one of the Mets' best players with a team-leading 311 batting average, and now... He's looking to add to his home run tally. And he drives one in the air to deep right field. Yastrzemski looks up, and that is way out of here. Jeff McNeil with a long two-run homer. His second home run of the season, a two-run shot. Gary Cohen on the call. The Mets get a big 13-3 win in the Bay Area to improve to 29-15 and on the season. They'll be back for another round with the Giants later on tonight at 945. For the Yankees, things are taking a turn for the worse. They started with their series with the Baltimore Orioles in the Bronx last night. Coming off back-to-back losses and their ace Garrett Cole on the mound against the team at the bottom of the AL East. Yankees fans thought this would be their time to rebound. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it done and fall to the Orioles 6-4 to for their first three-game losing streak on the season. Here's Garrett Cole on the pinstripes' recent setbacks. Hey, no one's going to feel sorry for us. B, everybody goes through, you know, patches like this, and hey, it could get turned around tomorrow. It, it could get turned around next week, but, you know, as players, you just kind of, I guess, do what I'm going to try to do tonight, which is take the good with the bad and, and try to improve from it. Yankees third baseman Josh Donaldson was also hit with a one-game suspension for his comments directed towards Tim Anderson over the weekend. Donaldson has elected to appeal the decision made by the league. And the Rangers are looking to leave New York on a high note tonight. They'll try to tie their series with Carolina at two games apiece when the puck drops at 7 p.m. for Game 4 at Madison Square Garden tonight. I'll be joined by former Ranger Pete Stimkowski to break it all down later on this hour. For WABC Sports... I'm Luke Legrano. All right, thanks, Luke. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy skies today. Our high 65 light winds to 11 miles per hour. The overnight low is 58. A partly sunny day tomorrow. The high 68 right now. 60, mostly cloudy skies. Here's Frank Morano with your business report. 
I'm Frank Moreno with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning following a Monday that saw Wall Street in rally mode. Bank stocks and tech shares led the rebound as all three major indexes gained more than 1.5%. J.P. Morgan Chase, American Express, Ross Stores, and Apple were among companies providing lift to the markets. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial gained 618 points. The S&P 500 rose 72 points. And the Nasdaq added 180 points. President Biden announced a new framework meant to guide U.S. economic involvement in the Indo-Pacific over the long term while in Japan as part of his first trip to Asia as commander-in-chief. The Indo-Pacific Economic Framework for Prosperity aims to deepen trade ties between the U.S. and a dozen other countries signing on to it, including Australia, India, and Vietnam. Taiwan is not among the group, despite bipartisan calls from lawmakers that the island nation be included in the framework. Multiple NFL owners are expressing interest in voting to oust Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder as accusations mount of financial improprieties and workplace misconduct within the organization. Some owners told USA Today about their displeasure about the lack of a written report of the league's first investigation into the Washington team, with one noting that there will be a bigger push for more information on the matter. The team has publicly denied both allegations of sexual harassment against Snyder and financial improprieties. Starbucks is closing down its business in Russia as the invasion of Ukraine puts an end to its 15-year presence in the country and marks the departure of another big Western corporation. The global coffee giant suspended its licensee's Russian business on March 8th in the days after the conflict erupted. Starbucks, which first opened in Russia in 2007, said it would permanently wind down operations in its 130 stores and would no longer have an operation in the country. I'm Frank Morano. I'll be back. Back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Looking at futures this morning, the Dow's in the red down 327 points at 31,512. The S&P's dropped 57 and three-quarter points. The Nasdaq's down 246 points. Gold up $7.10 right now at $1,854.90. As for crude oil, down 33 cents a barrel at $109.96. The WABC Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. A hatchet attack in the Flatiron District. An 18-year-old man was approached near West 26th Street and 6th Avenue just before 10 last night. And police say the suspect took out a hatchet and struck the victim several times in his leg and foot. The teen in stable condition at Bellevue Hospital. The attacker fled on a moped. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams has called an emergency meeting with the Big Apple's top business leaders for Thursday afternoon. The meeting comes in the wake of the fatal Q-train shooting of a Goldman Sachs executive on his way to Sunday brunch in Manhattan. Adams hinted at the hastily scheduled meeting during a press conference at the Polo Grounds public housing facility. The mayor admits he's worried the weekend killing will have a chilling effect on his efforts to get workers back into offices. It is my responsibility to keep New Yorkers safe. My heart goes out to that family. I am sorry that they lost their loved one. We have to continue to make sure that we are not losing loved ones. The New York Post reporting that Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, a shooting victim Daniel Enriquez's boss, Real estate executive Rob Spire of Tishman Spire and Steve Swartz, CEO of Hearst, all expected to attend that meeting. Meanwhile, subway crime has increased since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. According to the NYPD and MTA data, it's up from 
1.47 felonies per million riders in 2019 to 2.11 felonies per million riders in April of this year. Police officials are bringing targeted night patrols back to the New York City subway system. That according to NYPD Transit Chief Jason Wilcox during an MTA board meeting on Monday. The patrol cops, known as Train Patrol Force or TPF, will walk trains and platforms at night when a large chunk of in-train crimes occur. Dedicated, targeted, and visible train patrols on the late evening and overnight hours. It was a type of transit patrol done in years past, notably by our mayor when he was a transit cop. And that's Jason Wilcox, the NYPD transit chief. The unit existed under the New York City Transit Police before it merged with the NYPD in 1995. 54% of subway crime occurs on trains, the chief said, and 40% of those in-train crimes occur during evening and overnight hours. Felony subway crime was up 53% last month compared to April of 2021, according to the NYPD stats released last Friday. A 129-page filing by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office argues that the case against former President Donald Trump and the Trump Organization should move forward. Monday's filing is in response to a February motion by the Trump Organization and its chief financial officer, Ellen Weisselberg, to have felony charges against them dismissed. Both have pleaded not guilty to a June 2021 indictment alleging they dodged income tax on more than $1.7 million over 15 years and other financial crimes. The former president has called the investigation against him corrupt. These prosecutors are vicious, horrible people. They're racists and they're very sick. They're mentally sick. They're going after me without any protection of my rights by the Supreme Court or most other courts. In reality, they're not after me, they're after you. And I just happen to be the person that's in the way. That's what they're after. Weisselberg's lawyers have argued charges against him stem from evidence provided by Trump's convicted former lawyer, Michael Cohen, who has an axe to grind because of Weisselberg's testimony against him in a 2018 federal probe. The 129-page filing by Bragg's office says state prosecutors had never seen or been briefed on the contents of Weisselberg's testimony against Cohen to the feds. The filing stated Cohen was not the source of information used to bring charges against Weisselberg, according to the filing. A very poor result from a gun buyback program in Brooklyn over the weekend as law enforcement battles a wave of gun violence. Just 69 guns were turned into a no-questions-asked event on Saturday at a Brooklyn church. New York City Mayor Adams has long said that the crackdown on guns is vital to keeping his city safe. Here he is back in February. I am not going to tolerate the reason you're carrying a weapon is because you feel afraid. Uh, My job is to make you uh, feel safe, uh, but we are not going to give in to the belief that if we feel uh, unafraid that we are going to carry a gun. In exchange, people received $200 gift cards at that no-questions-asked event, paid for with drug and gambling forfeiture monies and iPads donated by the owner of the iconic Cheesecake Maker Junior's Restaurant. Brooklyn DA Eric Gonzalez said one of the guns came from a grandmother who took it from her own grandson. Well, taxi drivers rallied for a raise outside of New York City Hall, and that may mean the increases will mean higher fares for riders if they are, in fact, okayed. Drivers rallied outside City Hall as the Taxi and Limousine Commission held a hearing inside. 
about increasing drivers' income for the first time since 2012. Cab drivers say despite not getting an increase in 10 years, they have also been hit with high gas prices. Bahavri Desai from the New York Taxi Workers Alliance on CBS2. 80 cents of that does not go directly to the driver. And then um, if you're going 96th Street and below, there could be a surcharge of $2.50, which goes also to the MTA. As for the next steps, the TLC has to issue a formal fare proposal that has to be passed by the Board of Commissioners. And drivers are also asking the TLC to adjust meter rates to be able to make $25 per hour after expenses. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy skies today are high 65. Light winds to 11 miles per hour. Cloudy overnight, the lows 58. And clearing for tomorrow with partly sunny skies and a high of 68. Right now, 60. Cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Well, you'll recognize that as natural sound of the Star Wars theme there. Colin Cantwell, the visual effects artist behind many of the iconic spacecraft in the original Star Wars movie, has died at the age of 90. In an announcement on his Facebook page on Sunday, Cantwell's partner, Sierra Dahl, said he died on Saturday at his home in Colorado. Cantwell was best known for designing and constructing prototypes of the X-Wing, Star Destroyer, the Fighter, Death Star, and other ships for Star Wars A New Hope, the first movie in the blockbuster sci-fi franchise. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.